My name is Marcos Dinnerstein, and I'm the founder of A Better Mousetrap newsletter and blog. I cover the New York City tech and startup ecosystem, as well as tech issues that affect us all. Today, I have with me Misha Benoliel, founder of Nodal and Coalition App. Coalition App is a mobile app for contact tracing. In this case, the need is to trace who has had contact with coronavirus, COVID-19. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, please tell us a bit about your background, and then let's talk about contact tracing and why you think Coalition App is doing it the right way. Thank you for inviting me, Marcos, first. So uh, of course. basically, we are, we are a group of technologists. We've been building mobile applications and systems in uh, communications and wireless for more than 10 years. Um, maybe you heard about some of the apps we made in the past. In uh, 2014, we built an app called FireChat. That was enabling messaging between people and more specifically messaging when there is no internet access. And it was the app that um, helped the students in Hong Kong back in 2014 to organize their umbrella revolution. Because you had big crowds all together and there, there was no cellular signal. So they used that app to actually exchange messages and create groups and exchange information. So uh, we have a strong background in building this kind of apps. And mid-March when we were all uh, going home in confinement, we heard about this contact tracing app in Singapore called Trace Together. And uh, we realized that we were um, one of the few teams in the world who could actually make a product work very well, very efficiently. And also we wanted to bring our expertise in cryptography, modern cryptography, to protect people's privacy. And uh, since uh, we master and we have a deep experience and know-how in uh, using Bluetooth interface and also crypto, we, we thought it was a good time to actually put our knowledge uh, for, for good. And we did all this support pro bono. So we worked for more than a month, uh, night and day, really around the clock, to build a protocol, which is called the Whisper Tracing Protocol. That um, is a way to actually exchange contact information when you are in contact with someone and the duration of these contacts while protecting people's privacy. And I can explain that further, how it works um, during this interview. Yes. Um, so we built that and then we, we pushed an app that used the protocol, which is called the Coalition app. It's available today on Android. You can uh, download it. You type just coalition app. And we also have an iOS version that's ready, but hasn't been yet pushed through the, through the app store. And we pushed all that code, uh, this protocol and these apps into a nonprofit, which is called the Coalition Network. And today we assist uh, other states, cities uh, with our technology to help them build their own app or just to adopt our app and basically spread it out. Okay, then why did you feel the need to create a a nonprofit foundation uh, under which Coalition App will function? Well, just because it was uh, an initiative we did for good, uh, it was all pro bono, and uh, we thought since it was going to be an open source code that it was uh, important to put it under the umbrella of, uh, of a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. does, that make it, does that make the development of the code more trustworthy by third parties? Uh, it definitely helps. It also helps to get uh, support from other foundations who uh, want to see basically this research and development advance. All right. Okay. Yeah, makes perfect sense to me. Absolutely. Um, so um, what are the elements that must be included in, in an app or a program that can be called privacy preserving? I know you've used that, that term in, in other interviews. Right. Can you talk about that and what's required? So the, um, the way it works, maybe if I explain the mechanism, it will give you all these answers. So 
you don't have to sign in onto the app. It's uh, anonymous. You install the app on your phone and the app is generating a random identity that is then, then broadcasted using Bluetooth to other uh, people and phones with the app nearby. So the phones basically exchange these random identities uh, and record the duration of the contact. And we can pretty accurately know when you were within six feet from, from someone. So all that information never goes to the cloud, it stays on your phone. So that was also is helping for making it very uh, secure and, and private. And if someone who is one of the user of the app declare they are infected or declare that they uh, have been asked to stay at home because they have the symptoms of COVID-19, but it could be for any other pandemic in the future, then the last 14 days of their random identities gets shared with all the other users of the app. And you receive that information and then you compute locally on your application if you were in contact with that person. Okay, and if you happen to have been in contact, then uh, basically it alert, the app alerts you and recommends you to check if you have symptoms uh, and to stay at home. Okay, now when you say that it alerts all of the other users, does it do this through Bluetooth technology or is there a central database that will push out notifications? That's, that's a very good question. It actually goes to the cloud. So all the random identities go to the cloud and that's where basically other phones come to retrieve it. Uh, that information doesn't have much value because uh, right. it's actually only anonymous information. It's not attached to any phone, not attached to any identity. So even if basically someone was to get access to these uh, random anonymous identities, they wouldn't be able to do much with it. Uh, so that's what makes it very secure and private. Right. So they might they might see that there were. Uh, I believe you mentioned in another interview that the identities are changed every hour. Is that correct? Uh, yes. It's even. We can even increase the change of the random identity to every fifteen minutes. Yeah. All right. So in theory, I might have twenty-four different identities in a day, and exactly. so um, a hacker or a government wouldn't know if those 24 hour, those 24 um, identities represent one person or 24 people. Is that correct? Exactly, I and mean, if you were to get hold of these IDs, it would be very hard for anyone to know uh, basically who it is here. There's, there's no geolocation tagging or, or, or metadata to that? No, basically it's just a, a random identity that is shared. Uh, and basically that other phone retrieve and compare with their local database. So in the event they were in contact with you, they, they have in that case, uh, that identity within their phone, that random identity, and they're able to see, oh, I spent, for example, three minutes with that same identity that is now declared infected. So automatically the app sees that and then basically alerts you. Excellent. How might this app allow or cause people to behave differently in their daily lives? Have you have you thought through that? Uh, yeah, that it's, 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 those it's a very scenarios. Good, it's a very good question. I, I I don't think the app should actually change people's behavior. Um, I think it's important that people adopt the app, and I think they will adopt the app because when they start to understand, they can protect their friends, family, and neighbors, and their community by using the app. I think there will be more, more adoption when they realize it's also a way to protect themselves better in case someone they know or have been spending time is tested positive, uh, and even they spend time with them, I think they will understand it's actually a great tool. 
Um, I, I think it, we, we are all, and we already all started to change our behavior. I mean, we wash our hands more often, mm-hmm. we wear masks, um, and I think this app is part of the tools that we need to have if we want to be better protected to fight uh, COVID-19, but also potentially future uh, pandemics. Because if we had this kind of apps before this COVID-19 happened, and if we had taken the habit of having an app like that, we would have been able to actually alert people faster, track the virus faster, test people earlier, and we would probably avoid the situation of um, confinement that we are all facing these days, and that's also destroying the economy. Right. So now, again, going back to the centralization of this anonymized data, can that data be used by, not in a malicious way, um, by governments or public policy or health organizations to understand the, deg- the, the rate of infection in a given populace, assuming there was enough adoption? Yeah, so it's a, it's a very good question. It's very hard to do anything with that data. Um, and um, that's why in some systems that you see popping around the globe, you have systems that are slightly more centralized. Uh, and uh, because that can help uh, basically change the epidemiologic model more efficiently or actually predict uh, better the impact uh, for, for sometimes, for example, just uh, structuring the infrastructure or scaling the infrastructure for supporting uh, uh, phone lines that are going to receive calls from people who are in contact with the virus, for example. So, but uh, when you start to do that, it's, uh, then you start to have uh, less efficiency in terms of protecting people's privacy. So I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's a balance, and I think that balance uh, will depend also which country uh, it is uh, and uh, where the, the app gets deployed. Um, but so far, if you want a solution that enables you to travel without having to have a new app in each country you go and still protect you, the decentralized approach and the open source approach is the right approach. Can you talk about uh, how uh, someone using Coalition App declares that they are infected and the reliability of that declaration? Absolutely. So the, <clears throat> it's a very good question because it's something that's going to evolve. And the same thing actually regarding the, the, the architecture, even in the cloud that's sharing the, these uh, infected identities. So, but to, to answer to your first question, um, so the, uh, the, the way you declare yourself today on the app is self-declarative. So basically, it's a goodwill. If you think you have symptoms or you are asked to stay at home because you have symptoms, then you're going to declare yourself in the application. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have tested positive, you can also declare that into the application through the, through the app. Uh, today, uh, it's very simple. So you can do it yourself. The best, but there might be some false positive. So some people that may abuse the system. Sure, sure. So to avoid that, uh, we start to, and we have actually a system working where uh, it could be used by labs who do the test or health organization, and they would be the one when they are in contact with you when they give you the results of your test. Uh, basically, they would have the possibility to have you enter a code or you sending you a, a link that would automatically change the status of your mobile application. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. That way, that result while staying anonymous because that link wouldn't be attached to anyone, uh, it would still change your status and basically kind of uh, certify your status as being infected or not infected. So then that third party, such as a lab, could also send hashed or anonymized 
exactly. um, confirmation that says this is a legitimate case where we are, we're saying this person is uh, infected and they, they've tested positive. Yeah, exactly. That's elegant. I like that. <laughs> we are still uh, working through the details. We have the whole infrastructure to do that, uh, but we are still working through the details. And it's possible we're going to roll this out actually first with one, one of the big states in the U.S. Uh, so we are excited to see uh, how things unfold. Okay, now um, Apple and Google are also developing a tracing app. Um, they've, they're, they're open sourcing it as well, correct? So Apple and Google are, have developed a protocol. So the same way we developed the Whisper tracing protocol, which is this mm -hmm. uh, uh, protocol to uh, protect people's privacy, they developed something very similar in terms of architecture. Uh, the big difference is it is not open source, actually. It's a, it's a code that is not open source. You can access it, you can use it if you are among the few governments or organization that were selected to be able mm. to commission an app for tr uh, doing uh, tracing of COVID-19. Um, I mean, it's the advantage of being Apple and Google. Uh, now, if you want to, uh, I mean, you can also question yourself some, sometimes and say, oh, are, are these, these big giants or has independent, has any, another solution? Uh, I think it comes from them from a good intent to do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're gonna get adoption worldwide. And, and then there's another issue is because they are not open source, it would be very difficult for uh, going from one state to another and be able to still be protected. You would have to install the local application in this other country to still be protected. So, so there's no interoperability possible with Apple and Google uh, as far as I know today, and I'm waiting to dig into these, uh, these details uh, further uh, in their API but, uh, and SDK, but as far as I know today, there's no possibility to be interoperable between different applications that could use basically the Apple Google protocol. Do you think that there is a likelihood that uh, the coalition app and the app that they're developing will be compatible? And so, yeah, that's again, question one, and then I'll yeah, follow up. Yeah, that's a good question. Again, it's not an app, it's a protocol. We would love to support the Apple Google protocol just to get more interoperability like we're gonna do with other decentralized and open source protocol. Uh, but it is, possible from the information I have today that basically it's not possible to do that. Uh, mm. But that would be the best, uh, the best scenario and the, I think the best use case. And to combat your original question on the, uh, basically the information of infected ideas that go to the cloud, we are already working also on the distributed architecture for that. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh. so that's gonna be an improvement we're gonna bring to this, uh, to this architecture. Well, that uh, distributed architecture, because that always triggers, that always triggers the word, uh, the, the concept of blockchain. Will it necessarily be a blockchain or, or, or does it doesn't need to be? It doesn't need to be blockchain. Uh, there are many ways to do distributed architectures. And actually, I don't think blockchain would be the best architecture for this kind of topics, when it, because blockchain is good at recording uh, things and uh, in a very reliable way. Uh, I think we want to avoid any possibility for identification. In that, in that, in oh, that right, 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 right. Okay. And if, if you end up being compatible with other apps, is there the chance that they will add a geolocation to an interaction uh, so, for, for their purposes and therefore in theory compromise uh, the privacy protections that you that's afford? A very, it's a very good question and, and we can talk about um, our, our story around this controversy mm -hmm. with uh, with location data. I think uh, if we want to do a good job with these apps, actually location data is necessary. Uh, now, if location data is treated in a way where 
the user is in control, the data stays on the phone and they can share the data uh, and be able to remove places that can be, uh, that can help identify them like your home or your office, for example. So if that information can be removed uh, for when you share the data, that information can be helpful because if you, especially with COVID-19, we know that the virus can stay on surface, on different surface for hours or days. Mm -hmm. So you may be in a place where uh, there was nobody, but you left trace of the virus and then you come back home and you realize you are infected because you got the results of your test. You may want to be able to, to actually uh, share that information so people be, can be careful or, or cautious if they go to that place after where you were. You right. Didn't. So, uh, so I think the, to do the best job, a contact tracing app would probably need to combine both technologies, Bluetooth and GPS. But again, you have to be very cautious on how the GPS is used. Data should stay on the phone and only with the user uh, agreement and, the and consent, then that data could go to a server in case they have been declared infected. Uh, and they, we should be able to remove uh, other information, uh, I mean, like uh, their home or office, so that way that cannot be attached to their identity. Uh, that's, that's, an, that's an important thing, yeah. Right, and that would be opt-in. Yeah. That would be the, on the, on the, uh, the choice of the user. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. So what else should people know about Coalition app? Well, the Coalition app uh, is available on Android. You can install it today. Uh, it's still evolving. We're preparing a new update uh, for the coming uh, week or 10 days. Mm -hmm. uh, we are uh, eager to ship the iOS version, which is ready. And uh, we are going uh, basically to submit that again to the store um, through the nonprofit. And uh, what people should know, I think it's, uh, uh, I mean, what, this, what we are living is basically is going to be the new, the new normal. We will have to have tools that help us be better protected in this kind of pandemics because I don't think we can afford to, to live again this kind of situation uh, because it was, even if it was good also for have the time to reflect, I think it was not good for, <laughs> it was not good for a lot of businesses. And uh, I mean, when you look at the results for the economy, it's catastrophic. Sure, or the, or the 70,000 people who died, it hasn't worked out for them. <laughs> and, and, and the people who got infected and absolutely, and the people who died from it. So it's, uh, uh, it's uh, yeah, I think if we have tools that can prevent uh, future pandemics also to, to do this kind of damage, then it's, we should all be using these tools. And Coalition App is one solution. Terrific. So again, viewers, that is the Coalition App. You can go to the Android Store for it now and look for it on Apple Store coming soon. Well, thank you, Marcus. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. It's been, uh, it's been terrific. And I wish you the best of luck with this. I wish us all the best of luck with this.